Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the Course in Miracles podcast, lesson 66. So, this is uh I think I mentioned a while back that the the actually the I mentioned yesterday that the time commitment's a little longer, but the, also the reading commitment is longer. There's like multiple pages. Some of these lessons are like two, three, four pages long. And if you've read the book or looked at the book, it's the print is kind of small and it's pretty dense. So I'm going to do my best to honor um, the uh, to to honor you in explaining everything that I can, um, while at the same time honoring you while uh, by getting through it in you know an efficient way. So. Nothing's stopping you from doing it on your own. Um, and I hope that some of you by this point have decided to do that and that you've gotten your blue book and that you're, you know, you're highlighting things. And I mentioned a few episodes ago, multiple colors of highlighters. So maybe you've got an arsenal of highlighters, you know, coming at this thing. So without further ado, lesson 66, my happiness and my function are one. You have surely noticed an emphasis throughout our recent lessons on the connection between fulfilling your function and achieving happiness. This is because you do not really see the connection. Yet there is more than just a connection between them. They are the same. Their forms are different, but their content is completely one. So fulfilling your function and achieving happiness are one and the same. So forgiving your function by forgiving and having that be your little piece in this salvation piece, salvation puzzle, this your little piece in the atonement puzzle, um, it's that, that's the same thing as happiness. The ego does constant battle with the Holy Spirit on the fundamental question of what your function is. So does it do constant battle with the Holy Spirit about what your happiness is? It is not a two-way battle. The ego attacks and the Holy Spirit does not respond. He knows what your function is. He knows that is your happiness. So uh, the ego, an example of the ego doing battle with the Holy Spirit would be like, I need a million dollars. I need a million dollars, God. You know, Joel Osteen style. I need $50 million, God. Like perhaps Joel is doing a little, I had no intentions of ripping on Joel Osteen, but perhaps he's doing a little... um, uh, a little battle with the Holy Spirit there. Who knows? Today we will try to go past this wholly meaningless battle and arrive at the truth about your function. We will not engage in senseless arguments about what it is. We will not become hopelessly involved in defining happiness and determining the means for achieving it. We will not indulge the ego by listening to its attacks on truth. We will merely be glad that we can find out what truth is. Our longer practice periods today has at our, longest, our longer practice period today has as its purpose your acceptance of the fact that not only is there a very real connection between the function God gave you and your happiness, but that they are actually identical. So forgiveness equals happiness. God gives you only happiness. Therefore, the function he gave you must be happiness, even if it appears to be different. Today's exercises are an attempt to go beyond these differences in appearance and recognize a common context where it exists in truth. Begin the 10 to 15 minute practice period by reviewing these thoughts. God gives me only happiness. He has given my function to me. Therefore, my function must be happiness. Try to see the logic in the sequence, even if you do not yet accept the conclusion. 
it is only if you if the first two thoughts are wrong that the conclusion could be false. Let us then think about the premise for a while as we are practicing. God gives only happiness. He has given my function to, to me, right? So he only gives happiness and he has given me my function. So my function must be happiness. Duh. So the first premise is that God gives you only happiness. This could be false, of course, but in order to be false, it is necessary to define as God as something he is not. Love cannot give evil, and what is not happiness is evil. God cannot give what he does not have, and he cannot have what he is not. Unless God gives you only happiness, he must be evil. And it is this definition of him you are believing if you do not accept the first premise. So, you know, this is where this might seem at odds with Father Ripperger, who I've mentioned, right? Um, you know, he might say, God gives you a disease because he wants you to learn the something in something of value in the suffering. The second premise is that God has given you your function. We have seen that there are only two parts of your mind. One is ruled by the ego and is made up of illusions. The other is the home of the Holy Spirit where truth abides. There are no other guides but these no other guides but these to choose between and no other outcomes possible as a result of your choice but the fear that the ego always engenders and the love that the Holy Spirit always offers to replace it. So you've got the ego, which is basically just leading you to hell, and then you've got the Holy Spirit, which is all love, eternal love, eternal forgiveness, eternal happiness, etc. Thus, it must be that your function is established by God through his voice, or is made by the ego, which you have made to replace him, which is true. Read that again. Thus, it must be that your function is established by God through his voice, or is made by the ego which you have made to replace him. Which is true. Unless God gave, you, gave your function to you, it must be the gift of the ego. Does the ego really have gifts to give, being itself an illusion and offering only the illusion of gifts? Rhetorical question, Course in Miracles. Think about this during the longer practice period today. Think also about the many forms the illusion of your function has taken in your mind and the many ways in which you tried to find salvation under the ego's guidance. Did you, did you find it? Were you happy? So um, did alcohol make, I thought, I thought that, my ego thought that alcohol would make it happy. I thought that, my ego thought that alcohol would give me salvation. Did I find it? Was I happy? Heck no, right? And this is not a joke. Like, like this isn't, the, the ego kind of wants you dead. You know, that's what my ego, if you look at the example of alcoholism, which how many tens of millions, if not more than that, alcoholics are there in the United States alone, the ego, that's, that self-will and ego-ship, we can call it, run wild, right? So it's not, it's not like a trivial thing to sort of, like it's not a, what's the word? It's not an exaggeration to say that, that that's where the ego leads you. It's leading a lot of the world to all sorts of awful places all the time, right? So did you find it? Were you happy? Did they bring you peace? We need great honesty today. Remember the outcomes fairly and consider also whether, whether it was ever reasonable to expect happiness from anything the ego ever proposed. Yet the ego is the only alternative to the Holy Spirit's voice. You will listen to madness or hear the truth. Try to make this choice as you think about the premises on which our conclusion rests. 
We can share in this conclusion, but in no other, for God himself shares, in wi- shares it with us. Today's idea is another giant stride in the perception of the same as the same and the different as different. On one, stand, on one side stand all illusions, all truth stands on the other. Let us try today to realize that only the truth is true. In the shorter practice periods, which would be most helpful today if undertaken twice an hour, this form of the application is suggested. My happiness and function are one because God has given me both. It will not take more than a minute and probably less to repeat these words slowly and think about them a little while as you say them. So back to the original 10 to 15 minutes. So set a, set a timer for some point today when you can set aside 15 minutes and you're going to review these thoughts. God gives me only happiness. He has given my function to me. Therefore, my function must be happiness. And try to see the logic in the sequence, even if you do not yet accept your conclusion. So again, there's the ego and there's the Holy Spirit, and it's black and white. The, the, never the twain shall meet. The ego wants pleasure. The ego wants booze and hookers and blow and to get to the place fastest and to um, beat that guy to the um, to the gas pump so that he can, so that it can fill up the, 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 the car quicker or sooner so that it can get onto the next thing. And the ego wants all the waves in the ocean and the ego wants, um, you know, all of the, uh, the biggest, the biggest piece of chicken, the ego wants, you know, gluttonous rampages and, you know, sex and drugs and rock and roll. And that's not an exaggeration. The Holy Spirit wants something different. The Holy Spirit wants you to accept your function. The Holy Spirit wants you to go out into the world and to forgive people and to fulfill your role as a miracle worker, to, uh, to take part in the atonement, right? To, to, to take part in the interlocking chain of forgiveness that is the atonement. That is what the Holy Spirit wants. And again, we've got all the, we've got these these lessons, and we are definitely moving right along here, up all the way up to lesson sixty six. The year is flying by. We are already in the month of March, and again, this is a structure inside of which we are essentially surrendering to God. And I've mentioned before, um, you know, like the the Catholic Church talks about you know, acquiring virtues through suffering or acquiring virtues through whatever, um, you're definitely acquiring virtue by practicing forgiveness all over the place. This is the most radical form of forgiveness that can be demonstrated in many cases. So again, Jesus demonstrated it on the cross. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. So I'm not sure how one can be or could be more Christian or more Christ-like than by, uh, by modeling, right, or by following Jesus's lead, right, by demonstrating the same caliber of forgiveness that Jesus demonstrated after he had been beaten and humiliated 
and tortured and eventually killed. And as the result of demonstrating forgiveness in that radical sense, right, he was reborn, right? He was resurrected. I think that I am I'm referencing that in the appropriate way. Um, and all of us can, you know, we, we, we can be resurrected. You know, I, I mentioned, um, I mentioned a handful of episodes ago about that, the miracle, you know, that, that kid that called me or that guy that called me from high school that I knew from high school. And he wanted me to talk to this other guy from high school and how he gave me his number and I called him. And now that guy's been sober for like 12 years or something, 10 years, something like that. And, um, and that was a, a miracle that the Holy Spirit wanted me to, to work, you know, or to, for me to do my best with, or, you know, it's not like I hold this as like, oh, I created a miracle. You know, it's not like that. That, that would be what the ego would want. Um, but God basically said, hey, Dave, I've got a little job for you. Go do it. And I did my job, and the Holy Spirit came into that interaction, and now, and, and as a result of that, a miracle, a miracle transpired, or a miracle went down, Right. And, um, you know, the same thing happened with me. Like I was addicted to drugs. I was addicted to serious drugs and a hopeless alcoholic. I had been afflicted by a hopeless state of mind and body. There was no, there was no escape. Right. And, and there was this guy, he's in my book also, who I partied with in high school, who was about, he was about the most obnoxious, um, human being that could ever be. He had this like epic, like, (laughs) epic mullet like he had this long blonde hair in the back and then like it was like spiked on the top and then it was like sort of like did this sort of like over one eye thing in the front it was like three three after he got sober he helped me get sober um he he's i was making fun of him for his haircut in high school he's like yeah it was it was basically like three bad haircuts in one you know it was it was awful and he wore like the the really bad like uh like airbrush tie-dyes you know that you get at like walgreens (laughs) It's like bright purple pants and, and he just smelled and he was just pain in the ass, honestly. Um, he was a gigantic pain in my ass. And I had heard through the grapevine, he kind of vanished off the scene in like, it's probably like 1996, 97-ish. He just, he just vanished. Nobody heard a word from him. Maybe it was, it was actually, yeah, it was like 90, 98 he ratted on a bunch of my other friends. He told he, he he ratted on a bunch of my other friends who had been stealing. They had been they had been stealing uh, things from Radio Shack and then returning them to Radio Shack to get like the cash to get cash and then they were using the cash. Radio Shack back in the day would just give you cash for stolen goods without without a receipt, and um, they were using the cash to go buy drugs. And um, they all got caught because they're on camera because they're stupid idiot drug addicts and um and then he because he was on all this probation and stuff um he ratted them all out and then proceeded to get arrested like three more times while he was on probation he got like a DUI and they got busted with like an ounce of mushrooms or something so you know excuse my course of miracles uh, excuse my language here course of miracles listeners he was a shit show straight up and, and again, like I said, he vanished. He just disappeared one day. And then I heard through this other friend of mine, like that one of the people he ratted on, that he had become reborn. He, I heard through the grapevine that he was now reborn. And so I just assumed he was just some like evangelical reborn Christian, didn't think too much of it. 
you know, as much of a pain in the ass as he was, I didn't, I never really, I didn't hate him. You know what I mean? He was just kind of annoying, but I, I, I kind of loved him, honestly. He was kind of like a good, at the end of the day, he was a really enduring person, right? He was, he was like a brother. Um, there, there are people to this day, this was like almost 30 years ago, there are people to this day from the party scene that still think he's a rat. It's like in the 90s, you know? Um, but um, he somehow, I, I was living in my parents, at my parents' house and basically drinking myself to death in their basement. And somehow his name, like he popped into my head somehow. And I remember like hearing my other friend, Andrew, be like, he's reborn, he's reborn, he's reborn. It was kind of like that. And from memory, I somehow recalled his parents' number from when I used to call him in high school to like go party. I remembered their number from memory. And I called them and I left a message on his answering machine that was like, hey, you know, tell so-and-so to call me, right? Or this is so-and-so, I'm just calling for so-and-so, you know, like I left my number, whatever. And then like, I want to say like three days later or four days later, no more than five days later, tops, there's this message on my parents' answering machine. And he's like, hey, this is so-and-so, just calling for Dave. How you doing, Dave? Why don't you give me a call back and we can talk? It was like really weird. It was like, I'm like, that, that was not the guy that I remember. That is not the dude with the tie-dyes and the mullet, right, who never showered. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. Um, it wasn't that guy. It was a different guy, right? It was this new guy. Right, and this new guy had the spirit of God that had awoken within him, and uh, I called him back, and I'm like, "Yo, man, it's Dave," and he's like, "Hey, Dave, how you doing?" You know, and I'm like, "Pretty good, dude. What's up?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, just fixing the sink for my wife because I told her I'd do it, and that's how I do it now. If I say I'm gonna do something, I make sure to do it." And I'm just like, "Yeah, you're definitely not that dude," you know. <laughs> and uh, he um, he ended up like kind of giving me the spiel. He told me what happened to him. And, uh, you know, the fact that he had been reborn and how, you know, he was working an anonymous program. He picked me up and uh, took me to a recovery gathering and uh, introduced me to all these people. And they were, I just hated them all, you know, because they're all like sober people who believed in God. And I was a helpless, hopeless junkie who didn't. And, um, but it was as a result of him, like, introducing me to the world of recovery. He was like the first person who I knew personally that introduced me to the world of recovery. Now he took me to one of these recovery gatherings and there's this other guy I went to high school with there who was like in choir, you know, who was this like, like this upstanding jock in high school, right? He was this, this like upstanding member of society. He was like Mr. Popularity in high school, right? And he was there too. And he was like, hey, man, I remember, hey, what's up, dude? He like totally knew me and I knew him. And uh, he would, you know, I remember one night he drove me home and it's just like no judgment, just like kind and just really nice. And, you know, it turned, like I was this, he was like a jock in high school. He's like a football player. And I was like afraid of him in high school because I was a pipsqueak. But, you know, when we connected on this level, we were just, we were like the same, you know? And so, it was this, this first guy who I called that introduced me to the world of recovery, right? And then there were other people in the world of recovery who I knew. And um, that was, I want to say, 
that was probably like 15 months before I got sober. But he's the one that introduced it to me. And although I really, I like resisted it and I thought it was stupid and I hate these people and their stupid meetings and their freaking coffee and the, you know, like the, the, there was this one meeting he would bring to, this one gathering he would bring me to and there'd be like boys on one side and girls on the other and like you couldn't, they couldn't mix and like I went over and tried to like talk to one of the girls thinking I was all slick one day, you know, like all strung out and she's like, you need to go over there where the boys are, where the guys, on the guy's side, the men's side and I was like, like my ego was bruised and I was like, screw you, you know, screw you know who I am, <laughs> like still... It's trying to muster up this bravado, you know, and uh, but but I was introduced to the solution, the spiritual healing solution, from as the result of this guy, right? And um, that is that is how miracles happen. He didn't, you know, he had no idea I was going to call him. I have no idea how I remembered his number, other than God remembered it for me and told me what it was. These things can't be explained, and that is what may, other than God, one letter, one word, one syllable, capital G-O-D, God, that's the only explanation that there is, God. And um, it's just this really beautiful thing when you think about it. You know, it's just this really beautiful thing. And you, as a Course in Miracles devotee, right, are taking part in this beautiful human uh, spiritual sort of almost counterculture, subculture. Um, I don't want to say, dare I say cult? No, we are not a cult. Nobody's making you show up and we will not track you down. But again, this is serious stuff. I just, I've, um, I've relayed two miracles, one that I helped to facilitate and one that was facilitated on me. God figured the whole thing out from there. God will implant things into your mind, inspirations, in spirit, two words, inspiration, in spirit, right, from God. And your job, you know, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to heed the call, answer the call of the Holy Spirit. So thanks again for listening. Appreciate every last one of you. Uh, go out there and work some miracles today. Talk to you.